Happy Easter. This is great to be able to be here with you in your living room or your bathroom or wherever you're reading this feed from. I don't know where you are, actually. Uh, it could be a kitchen, for all I know. Uh, but it is so good to be able to gather in some form uh, for Easter, where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Um, you, some of you may, we may know, uh, you may have been over on our feed where we had to worship. Thank you, Linda, for for all that you did, the effort that you put into that, and for those of us who worship in more uh, hands-on ways, we would love to see you posting some pictures uh, in the comments uh, down below as well. Uh, we'd just love to see that. If you are new to our uh, church online, great to have you. you. You may not have ever checked out church before. This may be your first church experience, and if it's weird for you, that's great because it's probably weird for all of us to sit in our house and not gather on an Easter Sunday. Uh, so, so glad you're here, and everybody that regularly gathers, we, we miss you in the building, but we love that we can still connect because of the digital age. Uh, I am Brad Bauer. I am the associate pastor here at Stanley Park Community Church. And I am John Pierce, the, uh, I don't know what you call me, senior pastor? Senior pastor. Yeah, it's not because of the age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, mo- it's positionally, not the age. Uh, John, do you want to open, uh, open us in prayer? Okay. Let's pray together. Risen, living Lord, thank you that you have conquered death. Thank you that you are alive and present now. Thank you that you have shared with us a hope that goes beyond this life and a hope that permeates this life as well. We praise you. We ask you to open our eyes as we ponder this wonderful news that you have risen from the dead. Amen. Amen. So we, uh, this is a standalone thing, but we have been in a series called Ready. And uh, the topic today is Ready for an Empty Tomb. We have been looking at the journey of the disciples, which we have seen that it fits our situation of chaos and challenges, and how Jesus was preparing his disciples for that chaos, but ultimately what comes next. And what we are reflecting on is just how wildly different this empty tomb makes everything but in a great way. So, John, do you want to read the, the passage from John 20? Okay, here's John 20, 1 to 10, uh, which is the story of some people finding out that Jesus had risen from the dead. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Yeah, this, this passage right off the bat, like how, 
how wildly weird would that experience have been? Like in our in our culture right now, we're experiencing something that we kind of kind of have got to see coming, right? We've watched the news, it's coming from somewhere else. We're like, it's gonna hit us, we we know where it is, and you have some way of preparing, but to to go to the, the gravesite of your best friend, the, the Messiah you just watched being crucified, just to pay honors and, and do your due diligence. And this is what's going on. Yeah. One of the, if, if you read all of the accounts of Jesus' resurrection in the New Testament, one of the big things you notice, and it really shows up here as well, like people were not expecting this. No. Like, like we've heard this story many times, most, many of us at least, have, you know, Jesus died, Jesus rose again. This is what we celebrate on Easter. But they, they didn't know that. No. Uh, and so they were all surprised by what they found. And it was sort of uh, this, this, we see again, this kind of dawning realization like, oh, oh, and you, you just see them right in the middle of that. It's, very, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it's, it's interesting uh, if you watch Pixar, the movies, right? They have things <laughs> called Easter eggs where they, they hid little things in other movies throughout it, but it, as we read the, the Gospels, and specifically John, where there's so many of these Easter eggs hidden throughout it, which is like, yeah, I'm going to die, and you know, the temple's going to be rebuilt, and he, he keeps like telling them <laughs> what he's going to do, but we miss them, right? And it's yeah. going back, looking through where you start seeing all these hidden little pieces. And you're like, oh, wow, this is a, a much bigger thing than we ever thought. Yeah, yeah. This, this line here, they, yep. they didn't understand. Yeah. They didn't understand. And, and what we get in the Gospels, and I think this is, if you if read this way, this is really exciting. We, we, we get a picture of them coming to realize and we sort of almost get to be part of their experience of this dawning, like, this is bigger than we thought. And then, oh, this is even bigger than that. And all this, this is amazing. This <laughs> yeah. is completely... Could this get any better? Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, so what we want to do in, in the way that we reflect on this today is first kind of look at four different uh, groups of people and spend time looking at what the cross was meant to do or what it did do uh, up till the empty tomb. Uh, so the first category is the, the Roman Empire that was uh, controlling, overseeing uh, the Jewish people. They, they were in full control. They were uh, foreigners that were oppressing and really trying to set up their, their kingdom in and amongst God's people, which is frustrating as the God's people there. Obviously, there was a lot of turmoil, political issues uh, but when, when Jesus was walking, doing his ministry, and then came in on his triumphal entry, it seemed like the Romans weren't overly interested. Like, it, it wasn't much of a threat to them. Yeah. They were like a, a dominant power that, yeah, this Jesus Messiah riding on a donkey doesn't mean much to us. Um, but then there was the, the challenge where the revolt kind of started happening, or it was forced in front of the, the people who were representing Rome, and they still say, like, we see nothing wrong with this, like, it's not a big deal to us, but we'll, we do, and, and Rome is a, a killing machine, like, they have trained people that know how to kill people, and so they take this Jesus, and they, they put him into their, their killing system, and they did that, they put him up on the cross, which is what they do to end all other revolutions, is to say, hey, you can't stand up against Rome, you will be much like this, and this is probably the worst thing you'd ever experience. So settle down, and that's it. So that's, that was their expectation. Is there anything you want to toss on about Roman expectation in this? Uh, you, you know what? I, th I think just 
probably the, and you said it, the word empire. Yeah. Um, they ran the world. Mm -hmm. uh, they tried to do it by, um, by government and, and, and clever means, but behind all that, there was a, a power of force, and, yeah. and the cross was the official way the Roman Empire dealt with rebellion. Um, uh, the cross was not normally used for other situations. It was, it was yeah. particularly for people who would rebel against their authority. And it was meant to be a very public, this is what happens when you defy Rome. Yeah. Another group that we want to look at is the, the Jewish leaders. All right. They, they were the ones that brought Jesus before the, the Roman people trying to figure out this, how do we end this? This needs to end. But the, it seems like their main goal was to get life back to normal. Right? This Jesus guy has come in here and he's, he's disrupting the temple. He's you know, causing our good Jewish people to question what we're doing. He's, he's giving them a teaching that is more accessible and that says that the, the kingdom of God isn't just in the temple. And so we need to just get rid of this and bring it back to normal. Um, I think we, we understand in this culture kind of what we, what we want to get back. And when things disrupt our lives, we're like, well, I would do pretty much anything to get life back to normal. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the, the Jewish... Probably the most helpful word for, to think about these particular Jewish, because there's this huge mass of the Jewish people, many of which just were totally enamored with, yeah. with Jesus. They, they loved him. Yeah. Um, but the, the leaders, they were, they were basically collaborators with Rome. So they, they lived a relatively wealthy, relatively peaceful life. And, and it was their connection to Rome which held that all up. And the belief of many in the day was that these people had just completely lost the heart of real faith. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so, it seems like everything they did, and just what you're saying, like it's, it was a political ploy. It's yeah. how to keep, let's keep the lid on things. Let's not have a rebellion here. Let's not have a war. Let's yeah. keep the lid on things so our peaceful life can continue. Yeah, absolutely. So those are... And kill this guy. Get yeah, rid, yeah, get, get rid done. of him. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of him. The, the other group that uh, we're going to look at, we'll do this in another section as well, is the disciples at the time. So... The, the cross brought a lot of fear, and they were trying to deal with the fear as the, the Romans, as the, the, the Jewish leaders. But the, the disciples up till the cross had hope. And so at this, this point, the cross meant something different to them. It was all over. Mm. Everything that they had just built for the past three years, the excitement, every, everything that they were leaning their life in towards, just publicly ended. And worse than that, they just lost their very good friend and leader. They watched him die, gasping for breath. And, you know, when, when a, a startup, a business, a, a community fails, like, yeah, it sucks, there's hurt, there's grief. But when your entire hope as a, as a being is wrapped up in this vision of Jesus coming as king, yeah. and you love this guy, he's, you know, saved your life, he's transformed your thinking, and then you watch him suffer. Mm. That the cross did that to them. That's, that's what that was meant to do as well. And so that we have that group that is losing their identity. They've lost a friend. And the kingdom that they thought was coming just ended. Yeah. You want to jump in on? I, I, that's, I, I think that's good. That's good, yeah. But could you imagine 
I, I yeah. barely can imagine. Yeah. Could you imagine they they they? There's that beautiful line we uh, they were walking along with Jesus and said, "We thought that he was the Messiah. Yeah. We thought that this great kingdom for this new hope, and here we are. Here we are. The the last of the four categories is us, you and me, sitting here today. Uh, the cross, if the cross was just the cross with no empty tomb." means that if, well, one, if you're tuning into this, that you're delusional. Like, there is no point in any of what we have in faith in Christianity if the cross is just the cross. A, a good man, a righteous man died. Yeah. I, I, now, I, I think it'd go even further than yeah. that. Here's the thing. If Jesus had died, as hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people had died under Roman power, and he hadn't risen to none of us would have ever heard of him. We, yeah. wouldn't, we would not know that he existed. Yeah. It would be just, uh, it, it's because of the resurrection that we even have heard the name of Jesus and his name's gone like everywhere. Absolutely. And so the, the, the shifting point in all this is somewhere in these moments from the time that Jesus cries out, it is finished, to the, the moment where Mary goes to the tomb, that we, we see this transition is that what Jesus cries out is finished, is all that was separating us from God has is, is been taken upon himself. He has entered into that, that void, the chasm, the, the unpayable debts. He has finished that, and it is an end. And then we see with the open tomb, a new beginning. And so looking at the, the shifting point, we now want to look at those four different groups again and look at what the, the open tomb means for what they tried and what, what they hoped for and how that drastically pivots everything. And so going back to the, the Romans, right? They, they end up being a, an empire that is being subverted by the Christians later. Like it ends up, they, they try to oppress it even more. They just try to stop this rebellion, but they, they can't. They, they then end up you know, entering into a wild, weird history where the Christians end up ruling everything, but the the movement of Jesus ends up catching like wildfire across the field of Rome. Yeah, yeah. And you want to come in? Well, yeah. just, just, just yeah. one thought to yeah. add in there is like, if you like, how do you stop a movement based on a guy who can't be killed? Yeah, like like you 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 uh, the there's a there's a different kind of power at work here, um, and the Romans had the Romans had incredible power, yeah. and they knew how to suppress things that were in the way. But this Jesus started something mm-hmm. that they couldn't stop. Yeah. He started something that, and it it took over in ordinary people's lives it took and it it went spread fast to to gentile life we're going to look at this in the future here yeah and it, it, it went to all kinds of people that hadn't ever and it just took over and they were powerless with all their power to stop this yeah awesome. just yeah just building jump on is is that the the roman empire had an extent of power to death right and and Jesus' power transcended death. Exactly. And so what, yeah, they have no power. Death has no power over Jesus. And his message is that even as it spread, they would try to use death to, to kill the message. But Jesus' message is one that transcends death. And so that, yeah, great, great reflection there. I'm just, I'm 
blown away by Jesus yet again. Yeah. Uh, but carrying on, the, the Jewish leaders, they, they came with uh, the intent of, you know, cover-up. Yeah. Right? Uh, in uh, Matthew 28, 12, uh, the, the chief priest meets with the elders and devises a plan as they hear that this, this tomb thing is happening. And they, they gather the, the soldiers and, and pays them off and says, hey guys, we got an idea. Um, you were working at night shift, weren't you? Yeah, we were working at night shift. I fell asleep, whatever kind of thing. Well, what if we tell you that they came and they took the body and they're, they're starting this thing up? Like, what if we made this worth your while? Like, well, you know what? I, I could use a new pool. Well, good. Like, well, make sure you get that. Like, they, they devised a plan to try to make this thing just go away using, once again, um, the means of, of theirs was money, right? The, the, the Jewish leaders were using their power. They were all about money. They, they found this way to profit off it, and, and this was using those profits to continue to try to profit. And once again, the, the message transcends this again, is that they tried to cover up, yeah. but the open tomb just exposes everything. Yeah. Uh, th- here's the thing that always just baffles me about those stories, is so here, it seems like they, they so didn't want their status quo life mm-hmm. interrupted that it, it, it didn't even, like, wouldn't you think you'd say, wow, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Like, what did actually happen? We could research this. But instead, their whole intent was just to cover it up and ignore the fact that the most remarkable thing that yeah. anybody had ever heard of in the world was happening right in front of it. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> don't, don't pay attention to that. Exactly. But what about, yeah. Exactly. What happened here? Yeah, <laughs> just make it go away. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, the, the third category is the disciples. Man, what a, what a hard category to be in. Yeah. Um, imagine just experiencing all that we covered and, and going there to mourn, to grieve, to be completely undone, and then to enter into such confusion, right? Like, what, what do you see? You, you, you see cloth there, you see this giant boulder gun, you see the body missing, you, you're you just don't know what to do because you are already completely undone in a situation you never saw coming in in the worst possible way. And now you have a stolen body that's been undressed and the things left neatly here. And yeah, that, what, a, what a hard spot to be. Yeah. And, and again, one of the things that is really obvious as we look at these stories mm-hmm. and in all the resurrection stories that we have uh, are the disciples didn't expect it. They were surprised by it. Mm-hmm. They, they, um, but then, there, like there was initial confusion, and then ultimately incredible joy. Mm-hmm. And so this whole movement of, of like, oh no, and oh, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> he's alive, uh, and and all that they had hoped for was back but bigger uh, in ways that, like, they had imagined a king that would come and sit on the throne and mm-hmm. throw out the Romans, and all of a sudden now there's a king that can't be killed of a kingdom that's bigger than anybody could that ever That can't be have. stopped. That's right. It's, it's, it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah, do you want to read yeah. uh, uh, John 20, 19? Okay, so here, here's a story, and what, what 
I think what's so cool about this is the disciples had to be convinced yeah. that this was true. Like, it wasn't that, like, you, you, often, you often hear about, like, wishful thinking or mm-hmm. some kind of hallucination. Yep. No, these guys, <laughs> these guys had to be convinced. And, yep. and here's a great story about that. Um, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Mm-hmm. And so, as they're in this confusion, you know, coming to grips with grief, loss, and double loss, because now this is even more confusing than the end of the revolution, is all of a sudden Jesus shows up <laughs> and he starts engaging with them. He starts finding where they're at. He, you know, shows the wounds and saying, like, no, like, you guys didn't hallucinate over the last four days. Like, that happened. Like, you, you sat in your grief. Mm. You, you mourned. You, you were broken. You were undone. But here's what I was undoing. And here's, no, because of my grief over your brokenness as a society, over a world, you know, I went this far. He starts unfolding and unpacking and, and letting them see that all that they have done was just leading up to this moment. Yeah, and 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 like this picture where he breathes on them. Yeah, this is obviously intended to echo Genesis yep. chapter one, where people are created, one and two, yep. and and in the same way, the the pictures of God breathing into a clay yep. being, and that that they became alive, and mm-hmm. that here. Jesus breathes into his disciples, and again, in John's gospel, the word life is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he's making a new kind of life possible that's connected with the Holy Spirit, it's connected mm-hmm. with him breathing, and it's also tied to a mission. Because, yeah. um, he said, the same way I was sent, I'm, I'm sending you, so it's like alive and sent. Uh, yeah. it, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful picture uh, of what the disciples, and the disciples, I mean, that's what happened, right? They, they did, they went, they told everyone everywhere, and what they announced was, Jesus is the real king, and he's alive. Yeah. yeah uh, and you can, you can, and you can have life too. Absolutely. Yeah. The, John is brilliant. This John is brilliant, but John, that, that he's brillianter. More, more, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is brillianter. His crafting of his good news is is so deep and and we can't unfold all of it just generally but even here we can't unfold all of it but the way that he writes it Jesus is mistaken as the gardener and in the Genesis account if you're familiar with that Adam and Eve were the gardeners they were the first creation they were the ones that were then sent on a mission to uh, to flourish to help creation be more and here Jesus is acting as the new Adam. He is living out and he is also acting as God in this. He, he breathes into those of us that are dead. Like we, we are now able to receive the life because he breathes on. And then one thing that stood out to me in this for the disciples is like in Genesis, there was a, a commission. Here again, the, the commission 
is God sharing his, his desire, his passion for creation. And he says to forgive others. Forgive mm. that, that the sins that are out there, you have the power through his spirit to also be a part of this reconciliation mission. And, and so this new Adam is now, once again, trying to help us flourish, help creation be restored, and that sin will be destroyed as we are now able to be living creatures again. Uh, but this, this, we don't want to just camp out on the disciples because it goes beyond them because we are a couple thousand years later and we're talking about it. And so what does this empty tomb mean for you as, uh, you know, just somebody dropping in, you as part of our community, John and I as leaders in a faith community that, that say everything comes out of this empty tomb. One, we get to celebrate. Yeah. Like, it's an odd celebration this, this week. Uh, honk your horns if you're out in the car later. Like, celebrate. This is a profound message. But we also get to, to live a fuller life. Uh, this, this God who transcends death, that transcends everything, has made a way for us to be in relationship with him. That before this, we had a divide. There is things in my life, things in your life. You know the ones I'm not even going to tell them because they're on the internet. They don't want to hear it. But there's things in your life that also just divide us from God. Even us, as we know God, we, we let things get in the way and God is so gracious and getting out. But the big picture was we were divided from God and we deserved much worse than even the cross because God is such a good God. But he takes that on. And, and now we live out of this posture of, of mercy, of gratitude, of, of knowing that we're loved. And my works don't get me anywhere. It's Jesus that gets me everywhere. And so I don't have to try harder. I don't have to be better. I don't need to be the best parent as my kids are at home right now. I don't have to be the most you know, productive person at work while I'm working at home with my kids here and all. Ace of existence is now able to pivot. And while, yeah, be a good parent and while be a moral person, while give the best to your company so that they can flourish as well, your, your being, your identity isn't found in that. Your, your identity is, is locked up with this Jesus that transcends death. Yeah. Another, just yeah. similar point yeah. that um, when you take the picture of death and resurrection, which becomes like the base then of everything about mm -hmm. the faith that has come out of this story, uh, is there's a new start. Yeah. There's a new beginning. And um, so God offers people a new start. Yeah. And uh, I think there's many of us who need for a new beginning. Yeah. And, and uh, the resurrection points to that. And this, this, it's, it's about life. Uh, it's about the presence of the Spirit. It's about communion with God. It's about forgiveness. It's about the past being for, forgotten and forgiven and, mm -hmm. and a, a new source of energy in life. Uh, it's a new beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if you're just checking out uh, this church thing and this is all new to you, um, I'd encourage you just to, to ask God to speak to you today. You're not going anywhere. You're not got that much on your agenda. And if you were going to go somewhere, you shouldn't. Stay home. <laughs> Shame right now. But to, to allow God to speak to you. And, and those of us that have been around faith for a long time, you know what? Maybe today is a day that we, we also need to hear from God. And, and not just in the convicting way, but in the celebratory way, where 
man, God, you are so good for giving me freedom to, to come, continually come back to you with all the mess I get into. But God, you are so good. And God wants to meet with us. That's, that's one of the things that this entire book is about, is God's deep passion to be with you, to be with his beloved creation. And he'd go further than death to make that happen. And so if, if that's uh, a point for you, and, and if you need somebody to talk to, uh, feel free to message the church, call us, email us, we'll get back to you. We'd, we'd love to continue this dialogue. Uh, if you are part of our community, reach out to us or anybody else in our community. We want to continue to knit ourselves deeper and deeper in our faith and connection to one another in this time of distance. Yeah. Um, as we are wrapping this up, John, do you have anything else you want to throw in here? I don't think so. You don't think so? Awesome. Yeah, as we're wrapping this up, uh, there's a, a few things that we want to continue to do. Um, on Good Friday, we had a, a Zoom service. There was a bunch of you that were there. Awesome to see you. Um, we still have the desire to connect, and we have these connect groups. There's a link, I believe, on this page that you're watching on. Uh, if you aren't signing up for a connect group, check it out. Uh, we want to draw into deeper relationships. Uh, a regular rhythm that we also have in this community is coffee hour, because we like coffee, but we like each other more. And so, once again, this Easter, uh, let's celebrate by reaching out to one another to send those messages saying, you know, I'm thinking of you, I love you, Jesus loves you even more than I love you, uh, happy coffee hour, whatever you feel comfortable with, but make that reach out in connection. But also, we, we went through worship, and some of us engaged with beautiful art pieces. I don't have an art piece because it wouldn't be that beautiful. Um, <laughs> but if you do, we'd love you to share it on our uh, Facebook page in the thread here or the other one with the worship. Uh, we'd love to share, comment, and, and just encourage each other with that. And I believe part of it is also putting up in your windows for your neighborhood. Uh, we do not want Easter to be locked inside your house. Uh, this Easter is a cool one because... The message of Easter is not confined to these walls that we are on. It's never been confined, but we get so stuck in our system of we gather, we go, we hear Jesus, we go home, we have lunch, we carry on our way. But this Easter is broadcast out there. You are not here. And so maybe there's somebody that God is guiding you to, to say happy Easter, to engage a little bit deeper with a story, you know, distance apart, but as you are going about your day, ask God, is there somebody I can be sharing this great message with? God loves them so much that he would not just die, but he'd go beyond that. And not just beyond that, that he'd even bring life. And over the, the next couple of weeks, we're entering a new series where we're looking at moving forward. What, what does this look like? We'll be walking through Acts. And so we'd love for us to continue to live out that posture, that lifestyle as a church, as we reorient ourselves to Jesus, always Jesus, and how that is lived out in our day and age. Blessings to you. Uh, go. Blessings. Enjoy. Uh, love one another. And know that our Christ, our Jesus, has risen. Amen. Amen.